Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, all Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Let's give a warm welcome to new Las Vegas Raiders part owner, Tom Brady. It is I, Rob Paul a.k.a. a true believer in Green Bay having the infrastructure to host the 2025 NFL Draft. And joining me, as always, is AJ. Flexing Thursday night games is bad for everyone, Marchese. Uh, wrong, I believe that fully. But, look, if you think if you think Green Bay don't got the infrastructure, you've never looked at Green Bay like on Airbnb and seen all the weird Packers houses that are so sick. Today we'll be breaking down the AFC West's 2023 NFL Draft classes. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Today we are talking the AFC West as the Las Vegas Golden Knights take a 1-0 lead in Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals in the NHL. Everything's coming up Vegas. The Oakland A's have 1,000 people showing up to games, so they're going to be in Vegas soon too. Is, is, Is Vegas the destination right now, or is it Florida? Both keep winning. Um, today we'll talk Vegas, but we're going to start in Ben Albright country up in Denver. <laughs> Go Broncos. Woody Page country, uh, please. Yes. Well, and, uh, a team that traded their first round pick for who? For, for Sean Payton. After reports said there's no way this could happen. Uh, and they still had a pretty solid draft class. I think they're in a weird spot right now where, mm-hmm. It's all very dependent on if Russell Wilson is a competent quarterback, if Sean, Sean Payton, who is one of the 10 best coaches in the NFL, can kind of get the most out of Russell Wilson. Because on paper, this roster is certainly interesting. They reinforce the offensive line. Um, they've got players all over that defense. And it's... It's going to be all about kind of if Russell Wilson can put it together. And there's just been weird... Um, back and forth about what's going to happen with this receiver room, and yeah, that that became even more cloudy when they used their first pick of the twenty twenty three draft on a receiver by taking Marvin Mims sixty third overall, which I thought perfect value, great fit. It's just 
feels like they're going to move one of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, right? Like it feels like this has been in the wind for a long time. Um, agree with you on Mims though. Like I, I wasn't a huge fan. Like, like you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have him 63rd on my board, but I expected him to go in the, in the top 100 safely, obviously. And I do love the fate. You know, Russell Wilson. I mean, Hackett was is an awful coach. I mean, we could have told you that, but th- it did feel like they're missing any semblance of a deep threat last year, and that's what Mims brings. I think that's a really great fit to let Russ go back and hopefully rekindle that you know that moon ball that he brought so much in Seattle. But yeah, I, I don't know if I like. I think it's a f- solid pick, and I, I agree with you. It's a solid draft. I don't know if you you go receiver with your first pick when you're. I mean. Again, the roster isn't that bad, but you know they were still the fifth worst team in the league last year by actual standings with a, you know, with the worst head coach in the league. But you know, I, I don't know, I don't know about the strategy, but yeah, you you got to think one of these receivers will be moved soon. But yeah, it's, it's it feels like just weird weird tactics here. Mims gives them a guy who's kind of a true deep threat, which mm-hmm. the receiver room kind of lacks right now. And, and like you said, Russell Wilson likes the. Uh, throw those moon balls. He had that great connection with Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Um, so, just looking at Mims purely as a prospect and, and fitting in here, it makes sense. Yeah. Trying to add speed, big playability to this receiver room. You get a guy who um, has has shown an ability to win win contested catches because he has really great uh, body control. He's also got um, trustworthy hands. I think. His route running needs to develop, but I think he has the athletic tools to do that. To me, he's... I, I know he's a little higher on him than you, mm-hmm. but, like, maybe not a year one impact slot receiver, but by year two, I think so. And kind of with KJ Hamler never really putting yeah. it together. I know KJ, Ham- KJ Hamler is still only 23, but um, it feels like Mims can give them that deep speed. I'm just interested to see what, like, who, if any of them, do they move between Judy and Sutton? I feel like Tim Patrick coming back healthy is a very good fit for the Sean Payton offense. Um, So I I don't think he'll be moved, but it's just seeing how this all fits together. I like, but again, I do like getting that speed into this offense, giving Russell Wilson a receiver that theoretically he should like. And I mean, like, in, C- er, in uh, New Orleans, Sean Payton had, like, big play receivers in Brandon Cooks, in Kenny Stills. I think Mims is in that similar mold. Yeah, he is. I Like, the fit makes perfect sense. It's just, like, I, like you kind of alluded to, the team is in such a weird place. It's kind of, like, the, their plan of attack for this draft, which is, like, it, I mean, it's really interesting to see how it would have unfolded prior to the draft. And I don't know if it became any clearer. It might have just been, like, let's take best player i don't really know and well at 67 in the third round they stopped the drew sanders slide who sanders obviously the arkansas linebacker um had some buzz that he could even go in the first round he was some people's lb1 top 20 potential yeah ends up falling to 67 where at at this point great value yeah i but i think an even better fit even if on paper not a massive need they've kind of um, gotten away with not having superior off-ball linebackers the last couple of years. Um, and in last season, the combo of Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton were just fine. 
but Sanders is a great fit in what Vance Joseph wants to do. He wants to blitz off ball linebackers. Drew Sanders is a wonderful blitzer, has great size uh, and athleticism. I don't know that he'll have much of an impact this year, but yeah. he feels like a, a good future bet for this defense um, in kind of to be Vance Joseph's toy in the front set. Yeah, I agree. I think good fit, obviously very good value here. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how much Denver actually just lets him rush too. I, I think we'll see a lot of that. It, it's interesting too because like Baron Browning, yeah. who's an off-ball linebacker at Ohio State, has turned into a full-time edge rusher for Denver already. Yeah. So you know they're willing. I know obviously it's different coaching staff now, but same front office. Mm-hmm. You know they're willing to kind of take a guy like that and move him around a bit. Exactly. No, I think that's a good spot. Like again, back to back, really good fits, and I think good football players that their first two picks. But uh, and again, I just. It's weird because both those picks, and again, it's different too because they didn't have first-round pick, but neither of them are necessarily in a position where they're going to have a big impact in yeah. year one. But they both they both could, but I don't think it would be a surprise to see like either have a big role. In I one. agree with you. Yeah, it, again, with Mims, I think it depends on if a receiver gets moved, you know, and I mean, even like, I wonder if Hamler st- – I, I, I mean, if Hammer's got anything left in the tank to compete, you know, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just, and neither felt like a huge need either, right? Yeah, and then at 83, more of a need corner, where obviously on one side they've had Patrick Sertain, who's been unbelievable mm-hmm. since they drafted him in the first round. They have Quan Williams at nickel, one of the best nickels in the NFL. But the other corner position's been... Um, in flux, I, I think we had some bright moments from Damari Mathis as a rookie. Some yeah. struggles earlier on too. I thought he showed promise, um, Me but too. C- clearly getting younger in the secondary was a need. And they they at eighty three they take Iowa corner Riley Moss. Yeah, which I didn't really. I mean, I had him one sixteen, so like, but I didn't really expect him to go this range. Um, also gave up a 108 and a third-round pick next year to move up for him, which feels pretty rich. Um, but the, they're just addicted to training with the Seahawks, so they had to get it done. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a, maybe their worst pick, but I, I do like yeah. Riley Moss. I, I I liked him more in the late fourth, early fifth. I think if you look at the corners yeah. that went on after him, it get, it's weird because at 102, the next corner taken is Makai Blackman, who I think was the most surprising corner of the – First yeah. three rounds. But then at the top of the fourth round, you get Jokori and Bennett, Keely Ringo, um, Clark Phillips. Yeah. And, and I think that makes me give this pick even more pause. Darius Rush in the fifth round. And Phillips would have been there at 108, too. So Right. Um, and it's not that I dislike Riley Moss. I like guy who quite explosive. I think he looks his best as a off-cover two corner. Um, he... He has. He's not like the most fluid athlete, or or, the, nor does he have the best footwork. But he kind of makes up for it with some of that explosiveness. Yeah. Um, I think he's an interesting developmental corner, but like at the same time, I don't see the value necessarily in one taking him here and two making a trade to do it. Yeah. Especially when I, like at that point for me, I thought Damari Mathis showed enough as a rookie. Me too. That I would rather kind of focus on developing him than have Riley Moss. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they view Riley Moss as a safety. Um, yeah, he's a, white, he's a white corner. <laughs> so true. Um, and like he flashed just, a nickel ability. So like I'm not sure if his outside corners is true home either. Like. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like the guy you trade up for. You know, if, if you get him, yeah. I, and I'm a bigger fan, I think, than you were, but if you get him in the fourth round, I think, like, okay, you know, solid corner, bring him in, see what he can do for us. But give, they paid a lot to move up for him, so I think that's a, a reach and a just bad decision-making. Uh, in the sixth round, though, with their next pick, they took advantage of um, J.L. Skinner, the Boise State safety, kind of sliding because of the pre-draft injury. And they take him. And I think he's interesting because with Vance Joseph as defensive coordinator, we saw him last year with the Cardinals using Isaiah Simmons mm-hmm. just truly as a big nickel. And I think that's what you're going to be doing with JL Skinner uh, as long as he switches from the number 46. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully that's like, you know, make the team get a better number uh, for, for JL there. And I, I think he should make the team, honestly. I mean, they do have some talent at safety, but yeah, like you said, kind of that big nickel kind of position. I, I think, again, I think much more, uh, you know, than deserving to be picked 183rd. I had him 80th on my board. Uh, like you said, capitalized because they, he had the pre-draft injuries. But no, uh, very good value. Going to be interesting to see how soon he can get on the field, but I think it's, that's a really good pick. Yeah, I, I, I just think, I don't think we'll see him much this year, obviously. No, no. And I think he's a very specified player. But like they brought Kareem Jackson back, he's going to start uh, opposite Justin Simmons at safety. Caden Stern's shown some promise yeah. in his first two years. Um, I think JL Skinner is more of a long-term move in becoming that potentially like your in quotations tight end stopper in a in a division that's got um, Travis Kelsey, that's got Michael Mayer. Um, <laughs> Six and round I, I just, more than worth that, though, for sure. Yes, and I, I just I think we've seen Vance Joseph kind of play this somewhat positionless defensive football in Arizona, just with what they were drafting the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, and and Drew Sanders and JL Skinner fit that mold. Yeah, for sure. In uh, the seventh round at two fifty seven, I, I like this pick a lot. They take Oregon center Alex Forsythe, who's lower lower ceiling guy, but super high floor a guy who I think is going to play in the NFL for five to ten years um at minimum as a just a depth player because he's so technically sound uh despite like not not the greatest athlete in the world mm-hmm. and this is a team that where lloyd cushenberry's really struggled man the vegas knights just scored a third goal i don't know what's happening uh lloyd cushenberry's very uh but very down more down than up this is like a team one of the the teams of the nfl that i think is just going to have a straight up open competition at center. Um, they drafted Luke Wattenberg last year. And so I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Alex Forsyth starts a game as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. And that's saying something with what was the third last pick in the draft. Uh, funny enough, he was my last draftable grade. So like, this is right where I had him. And yeah, I think that's a, it's a very good pick. Like, like you said, Forsyth just higher floor guy. I don't think he'll ever be like, you know, a, a top end center by any means in the NFL, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting at some point for this team. No, I mean, at 257, if you can get a guy where you say, well, he looks like he could be starting at some point, that's a hell of a pick, right? Yeah, and, and at worst, again, I just think you've got a long-term backup who can spot mm-hmm. start for you. Yeah. Uh, what'd you end up giving them? It's kind of a hard one. I, I, I just <laughs> I ended up with a B. 
Yeah, I I kind of bounce between B B minus. I it there again. They're weird. They address some of their holes in free agency. Mm-hmm. They obviously swap their their first round pick for one of the best coaches in the NFL. Their team, who again on paper, not like a ton, a ton of blatant holes. Like I think, let's say Russell Wilson's an average quarterback this year. Like this team, I think is competing for the wild card. Um. And so I, I give them a B. I I like Marvin Mims. I like Drew Sanders. I think mm-hmm. the, those are good plays, even if they don't have huge impacts in year one. I agree. And, like, they did pretty well for not having too much capital. Yeah. And I think George Payton needs to do well, just obviously with Sean Payton coming in as yeah. head coach and the Walmart family, new ownership. They didn't hire George Payton. Like, there's not – they don't have a ton of ties to George Payton right mm-hmm. now. Um, moving to the team that won the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, who maybe they don't have Walmart money, but they have old NFL money. Uh, and hey, their first round pick, final pick of the draft, first round, uh, they take Kansas State's Felix and Udike Uzoma, they keep him in his hometown, um... I didn't love this pick, but mm-hmm. it is so unsurprising that this type of pass rusher they like. They like those power rushers. He is an explosive, just speed to power rusher who needs to develop his hands, who is a little stiffer. He's like very similar stylistically, I think, to Frank Clark. Like, if everything yeah. absolutely hits, um, and now I think he'll need to become a more impactful run defender to become a Frank Clark. But, like, if everything hits, that's his ceiling. Yeah, and, like, super high-effort guy, you know, like, uh, yeah. I, I Again, I agree with you. I, kind of, I don't know how high the floor is, but with the, with the high effort and, you know, like the like you said, powerful, effective hands, you know, um, like a, a solid pass rush plan, too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, like, I think... I think attacking edges was wise. Again, I think we're kind of always in favor of that. If you're your team, you know that's the best or one of the best in the NFL. Just adding there, and it was a need too, right? Like like Karloftis looked pretty solid as a rookie, but um, well, yeah, with Frank Clark Frank, gone, yeah, he's yeah. not coming back. I don't think this time. Uh, you you're looking and another team too, where George, like you said, George Karloftis looked good as a rookie. They signed Charles Amenehu, Uh one of the most underrated players in the league. Mike Dan has been a very yeah. solid contributor the last yeah. what, two years now. Yeah, but yeah, if again, if Anudiki Azuma could become a Frank Clark type of player, that's a huge home run. Um, but yeah, I think we both think this was a bit of a reach. Yeah, I thought he was more of a mid second, late late second type of player. Yeah, me too. I, I think I had him fifty one on my board. I, I I just think he really needs to develop more of a pass rush plan. Um, I think it's a cool story that they kept kept him in state, but. Uh, they, I, it's the lack of pass rush plan uh, compounded with the fact that he's not like the most consistent run defender. He plays really hard, yeah, but he can he can get kind of moved around. Yeah, I that. feel like he needs to get stronger coming to the NFL. I mean, he can see that mm-hmm. a lot of guys, but like he was kind of getting out strength by Big Twelve tackles. So that's a exactly yeah. Uh, in the second round, though, at fifty five, they uh, they made me forget they took Felix in the first round because this this pick to me was a far bigger reach. Yeah. Um, taking SMU receiver Rasheed Rice. Uh, this is obviously a year removed from taking um, Sky Moore in the second round, who, as much as we loved Sky Moore and as much hype as there was for him, he, he kind of 
disappointed as a rookie. Um, but they lose Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. Like, they need to find somebody. Rasheed Rice is more of a big play. Yeah. I, I, he, he wins contested catches, drops the easy ones. Not the most dynamic route runner. But he can make some plays uh, after the catch. He's a physical yak guy. Um, he's a very willing blocker. I feel like he, to me, he was one of the most polarizing offensive players in this class just because the good looked really good and the mm-hmm. bad looked really bad. A guy that felt like he had, like, was kind of taking some routes off too, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't work underneath very well, you know, but also, like, it, like it's well put together, but, like, the bigger and physical DBs can kind of kind of get to him. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this pick either. I wasn't super, you know, I had I had him like in the fourth for she race. Well, and, and like you said, like top 100 was always a potential, but I didn't, I didn't think he'd go this high. It's going to be interesting because one of it, it on paper, one of him or Sky Moore is going to have to step up this year. Yeah. Because obviously Marcus Valdez Scantling's your ex. Kadarius Tony's more of your gadgety slot guy. One of these two is unless the Justin Ross hype is real, yeah. one of these two is going to have to kind of step up as that third wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and I just think there's, I think there's more comparing him and Sky Moore. I think there's more of a learning curve with Sky Moore, but his game will translate more consistently to the yeah. NFL. Um, also, I think more consistently to the offense and to what they've kind of become the last, you know, two seasons. Right. Yeah. And, like it's not like Sky Moore is also the same age as Rashid Rice, so it's not like Rashid yeah. Rice is a way younger guy coming in. Uh, but I I do think it'll be really interesting to see how those two kind of compete. And I I think for Rashid Rice to make an impact, he's just gonna have to kind of take less routes off and mm-hmm. catch football more consistently because those are the two things that like just like I didn't have him in the top one hundred. No, me neither. I I think honestly, uh, just to call it a shot, I think Rice will kind of look like he did at SMU. We're all where he'll have these big moments for Kansas City when they ask him, like, you know what I mean? Like, they give him the chance to go, like, the crazy, you know, body control, jump ball, uh, back shoulder plays, but, you know, he won't be an, a super consistent weapon for them. And, I, like you said, the hands, the the routes taking off, like, a guy that's not a great, you know, not a great route runner by any means. Like, I, I think that's what he'll kind of become. But at 55, I think that's way, way too early. Yeah. It's big, big gamble, but, the, I mean... At the same time, they the, can the take receiver, it. They one, they can take <laughs> yeah. it, and two, the receivers kind of just yeah. It felt felt funny. Like the next receiver was Marvin Mims, and then after that, it was Tank Dell. Yeah, I mean, I right? I would have liked the, I Mims more, but me me too. And yeah. if I wanted a bigger like Cedric Tillman, if I want a bigger receiver, yeah. Or, or even like you want the speed. There's Mims. There's Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Or true slot kind of repetitive because they took sky more but josh downs yeah but if if they wanted like a more well put together guy who's not like that true ball winner has a little more explosiveness i don't know i guess for she race but even like i, I know again we're, we're no expert like you know we pretend to be experts or not but like i don't see how you watch Cedric Tillman and Rasheed Rice Mm-mm. up against each other and think Rice is the better player. No, it's crazy. Anyways, we're ripping apart the Super Bowl champs for one thing. Uh, so. <laughs> 92 they take uh Oklahoma offensive tackle Wanya Morris, who is going into a great situation where mm-hmm. they've signed Donovan Smith, they signed Jawan Taylor. Um, we're kind of when they signed Jawan Taylor, we kind of assumed they'd be moving him to the left side. Then they signed Donovan Smith uh, once the Bucks cut him. So to me, it, I'm I'm not sure what's going on here, but 
I think Donovan Smith's a placeholder until Wanya Morris takes over next year. This team is addicted to like just reshuffling their offensive line, which I respect. I like this pick a lot. I think for how the tackles were, you know, stacked in this draft and where some of them went, getting Wanya at the end of the third round, which is where I kind of expected him to go, is a really good pick. And there was wasn't there not a single wasn't he the only tackle taken on day two if you don't count Tyler Steen I, th- I think so yeah so it's just like the fact that they were still able to take him yeah and they didn't have to like reach on him at 55 or anything or move up right yeah no absolutely um no I think that's uh yeah Justine Justine um that's weird who's but, gonna play guard who's gonna play guard exactly um, no, that's why I think great pick and like that's just really good process and everything. V- very good athlete who's former five star moves mm-hmm. really well in space as a run blocker. You see, you see, his um, his sets are really clean. Like his footwork's yeah. really clean. He just kind of needs to fix his anchor and and play better hand placement. And we saw like some really good reps from him at the Senior Bowl. There's just a lot of upside I think with him. Yeah, uh, especially in this tackle class that was so kind of lacked in the middle um he he made a lot of sense for them specifically taking the 92 yeah he, he just felt like like an off season or like a full season removed from like you know hitting the nfl weight room and getting coached up to being like a starting caliber tackle and then one senior bowl stud to another they uh in the fourth round they take out 119 shamari connor from virginia tech um who had a great senior bowl had a great combine a uh, bit of a Swiss Army knife of a defensive back, who he, I think he's at his best playing nickel, but he could play a little mm-hmm. bit too deep. He could, but he played some single high for Vatek. Um, has really, really good uh, closing speed and, and ranging coverage, and man, they just do a really good job drafting defensive backs on day three. It feels like. Yeah, and I, I love Shamari Connor, and I don't know exactly where he's going to end up, but like. That also helps because I just think he's he's a very versatile player and like you said, kind of might be at his best nickel, but can can kind of play deep too. And like he's you know he's got enough to like mirror man and man, and he's got good feel. And I like Connor like another senior bowl stud and also core special teams ability. So I think yeah. like getting that here for a again Super Bowl champion team um, where like that was such a young secondary last year, and he could kind of maybe come in and fill a lot of holes for you. Um, that's that's a really good pick here. And in a safety class that I think left a lot to be desired, mm-hmm. um, I think this is a home run team to take a guy like Shamari Connor. Yeah. Where I think I feel like maybe he doesn't become a full time starter or anything, but I think he's gonna stick around a while. Is that Swiss Army depth piece who, like you said, kills it on specials. Yeah. Uh, fifth round, one sixty six. They take Stephen F. Austin, pass rusher B. J. Thompson. Uh, super long, athletic, former Baylor. Uh, he was a Baylor transfer. Uh, had a really good East-West Shrine Bowl week. Love the bend. Love the the explosive get-off. The, the body controls a pass rusher. Just needs to get stronger, add weight. Um, this was maybe a round or two earlier than I suspected he'd go, but I can understand it with those athletic traits. Yeah, and it's a, again, it's the right team to take that swing, right, where you just add into that edge rotation. Uh, hoping you can get something down the road with that athleticism and that length. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit earlier, but I still think that's a solid pick and you know makes sense. He also gives them the type of pass rush they don't really yeah. have. They have all these power rushers where he's more of this fluid bendy rusher. Yeah. 
Um, so I like that it gives them something they didn't necessarily have on the roster. At 194 in the sixth round, they take uh, Texas nose tackle Keandre Coburn. Um, they needed to add a nose tackle. Uh, they lost, um, what's his name, to the Saints. Guy who does backflips. Can't think of his name. Oh, uh, <laughs> now you made me blank. I had in there blanked. Kalen Saunders. Kalen Saunders. So they needed to add a, just a hefty guy who can eat mm-hmm. space, and that's exactly what Coburn's going to do. I think, and a guy who's, by all accounts, great football character, 330 pounds, just absorb blocks with great leverage. Uh, I think he'll stick around. That's a, that's a steal here. Coburn, Coburn, Coburn should have went earlier. And then the seventh round, they get my favorite guy, uh, Ball State corner Nick Jones, who's just a press man savant despite lacking a little bit of size. His footwork's just so damn good. Uh, a guy who I think could potentially move inside, too. I, I've really liked them swinging on him. At two, it's not even a swing at 250. No, yeah. Many, he, had a, he had a very good se- um, East-West Ramble. How many games are you going to start for them? Because... <laughs> Um, hey, hey, I love Joshua Williams last year. I know, yeah. I know they, they took him in the fourth round, but you love Jalen Watson, yep. and they took him in the seventh, and he made some big old plays for them. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I before we grade, you got to respect that the Chiefs just kept on picking from Big 12 country. <laughs> K-State, SMU, Oklahoma, Stephen F. Austin, Texas. That. They just they, they look. They were at home in the draft, and they kept them home. I I think that was the I think that was the commitment. And then and then the other two picks being from the MAC and the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> exactly the other two great conferences. Um, what'd you give the Chiefs? So I I was really down on that Rasheed Rice pick. Yeah, me too. I don't love the Felix pick. Like overall, I think like it's the Chiefs doesn't really matter, but I give them a C plus. Okay, I'm gonna give them a B. I, I'm not quite that. I I give them a lot of Bs. To me. Uh, yeah, I'm down on the Rasheed Rice pick, but I can kind of I, – I, I get it to a point, but I still think Cedric Tillman does what he does, but better and more. Um, but, yeah, like, again, like I think they'll find something in NUDK, Zama, whatever it is. I think Wani and Morris is a smart pick. I think they just added well, to their – yeah. Sorry, to me, if they're just going to go parish or like that, like, I would yeah. have taken Derek Hall at 31. Well, he got, got to a better squad, so that's all I get for him. Um, and, and Mickey Loomis would have taken uh, Isaiah Foskey there anyway. <laughs> that's, so. that's true. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll give him a solid B. Uh, moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders, um, who, seeing the night success, it's going to rub off on them. They'll probably win the Super Bowl. Been saying that for years. And talking about power rushers. With their first yeah. round pick, the seventh overall, they use it on uh, Texas Tech and Big 12. Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson, who I think was both of our edge number twos after Will Anderson. And we kind of discussed how we we both I think I had him top five. Did you have Tyree Wilson top five? Uh, no, he's ten. Okay, but top ten. Yeah, like not a reach, but just some fears built in about this team doing it. I still love the pick though. I I know I that. do too. Yeah. I do too, and it's a t- it's a different coaching staff. It's a yeah. different front of, front office. Um, it's, I mean, it's Dave Ziegler's Josh McDaniels. This is the exact type of player. That the New England Patriots would have loved Ziegler yes. coming over from there. Yeah. They love the length. They love the power. The the man kind of didn't um, did like just bullied people at Big Twelve at the Big Twelve level. Like it feels like if he can develop a counter move, he's going to be ferocious. He can move inside. Yeah, um, plays his ass off as long as he's healthy. I'm excited to see, especially because they don't necessarily need him to immediately make a huge impact with. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Sorry. Yeah, and the idea of down the road him across from Max Crosby is 
very tantalizing, Rob. I mean, like, yeah, like just the the size and the athleticism of Tyree Wilson is is great. Like you said, like I, when we were talking about before the draft, is like if he if he gets into the backfield, he can make he can make the towel in any hole. It's it's very ridiculous. So I think like he's gonna. The, I get your concern, and there is concern where they they just may not develop him properly, and because he, he clearly he does have a way to go to become you know what he can become, but. I, I do think I do think he's going to be at least at worst um, a very very solid run defender, right? I think we can agree on that. Um, even though he's like not like the most instinctual guy, I, like I get it. There's a long way to go, and you're kind of just worried that the Raiders aren't going to get the best of him. But if they do, the idea that the tandem of Crosby and Wilson is just it's like, just it could be one of the best, right? Patrick Graham's a good defensive coordinator. I, I think he. Yeah will hopefully be able to get the most out of uh, Terry Wilson. Um, I like the idea of Terry Wilson, Terry Wilson kicking inside, but yeah. Jones and Max Crosby on the outside. I think we're going to get a lot of that this year. Um, but at the, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like kind of that Trevon Walker type yeah. of rookie year where it's, he's solid player. They, he, he's an important piece to them because of the versatility. Like they use Tra- Trevon Walker in a bunch of different ways, but not like a massive impact. Yeah. Not a lot of flashy plays. Yeah, I, I feel like betting on him to win defense rookie of the year would be unwise. Yes. Um, but, like, I mean, fit and value, I, I, I yeah. A's for both with Agreed. Tyler Wilson. Agreed. In the second round, they come back. Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer, who that is, like, that's just awesome for them that he fell to them. Sucks for Mayer, but obviously huge hole at tight end. They signed Austin Hooper. Uh, they signed O.J. Howard. But Mayor gives them that true, like, why tight end that I think Josh McDaniels values a lot. They're going to get a ton out of him. Yeah. I think pretty early on. Michael Mayer, for me, it was my tight end one. Um, I I thought he was a top 25 lock. He's not, like, necessarily the most, like, explosive sudden guy. But, man, he catches everything. Awesome ball skills. Just so violent at the, the catch point. And, the the potentials there um, cleans a couple things up with his hand placement as a blocker. I think he'd be very impactful there. I love Michael Mayer. Yeah, I think that's another double A for fit and value. Um, yeah, it feels like he should come in and, and be tight end one and like a very like this like we are hearing rumbles of Hunter Renfro wanting to or on the outs in in, in Vegas. Um, obviously, they come back and draft a receiver shortly, but I'll say Devonte Adams like. I mean, they brought Jacoby Myers in, but like, there's not a lot of receiving options, right? So, I think Michael Myers is going to see a lot, a lot of the football early in his in his career here. I mean, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro both could be out. Uh, they, yeah, baby, exactly. So, I mean, but but no worries, they draft a receiver, so we'll get to that. And J- Jimmy G loves working his tight ends. This is like, yeah, we got George yeah, Kittle, baby. But I'm really. interested to see just kind of how like. If they're going to be dumb and play Austin Hooper over him, Austin Hooper's only 28 still. That's weird. That's weird. He feels like he's 34. Um, (laughs) I hope they just play Mayor right away because I just think you're getting a lot more out of him than Austin Hooper. It was a solid tight end, too. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, Austin Hooper's a good place holding tight end if you don't have one. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I I think Michael Mayer gives them um, a guy who can win over the middle when contested catches. I, the type, like you said, type of guy Jimmy G works well with. Um, at seventy, they had a huge hole at interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, funny, they were never like really connected to Jalen Carter at all. Um, 
And they took Alabama's Byron Young at 70, who I, I did not see that one coming. Me neither. I, I like Byron Young. I had him as a fourth-round guy. I think I talked him up a lot more than you throughout the season. Yeah. But 70, it was so rich for me. Yeah, me too. I had him like 111. I like him, but just yeah. doesn't seem like uh, like the yeah. guy that's going to like really reach a you know top 100 type of... No, he's know. not like a game record. He doesn't have... Like he had a... He doesn't have any one trait that I think you really no. hang your hat on with him. I think he's a good all-around player. Like, yeah, he uses his hands pretty well, and you see that sometimes with a solid pass rush plan. He he can hold up. He he lacks a little bit of weight, but he can hold up pretty well at the point. He can move around your defensive line. They played him all over. Um, but I just don't see him as like a massively impactful three tech or anything. Sorry, wait, hold on. I lied. I didn't have one. I had the other Byron Young 111. <laughs> Too many Byron Youngs. I had him uh, 154, so he had him mid-fifth. So that's that's way early. I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, and then he didn't test too great either, you know. And like you said, like the hands are pretty solid, and like he can kind of attack angles pretty well. But yeah, I don't know. Like like I think he's I, – I, I project I, – my comp was Matt Ioannidis. I thought he could be in the right system of a very solid starter, mm-hmm. a guy you start and you don't really think about for a couple years. Um, and at worst, like, I still think he's a high floor. I think at worst he's your third interior defensive lineman who can move around a little bit and be productive. I just, yeah, at 70, that, that was a bit rich. And I think that just speaks to the interior defensive cl- line class just yeah. not being very good. Because, I mean, again, well, he went ahead of the other Byron Young, who obviously is an edge rusher, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. And the next interior defensive lineman to go after Alabama's Byron Young was Broderick Martin at 96. Which is also a massive reach. And Siaka Ika at 98, who's – they're just – it's, like, not even the same position once I noticed that he's <laughs> three-tech, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and big need on the inside for this for this Raiders defense, right? And I think that's why we're going to see a lot of, of uh, Tyree Wilson inside. As I look and scroll, the next, like, true three-tech to go after Alabama's Byron Young is – I thought you had an answer. No, I thought I thought someone would have popped up by now. I'm in the sixth round. Carl Brooks at 179. Ooh, but I think we both had Carl Brooks over Byron Young. Right, but that's a guy who played edge at the MAC, right? It's not even. uh, It was. It's mainly nose tackles. I guess Scott Matlock at 200. Um, So maybe that's why TJ thought he'd go in the third round. Uh, And then at one, Mike Morris. That's that's the three tech baby. Oh risky uh and one, <laughs> at 100 though they took an even more surprising player in yeah. Cincinnati receiver uh, Trey Tucker who went ahead of Tyler Scott who again no one saw that one coming and I, I can't say I'm surprised the Raiders liked him um, so this is the senior bowl bump right yeah but like did he he, he had a, a solid senior bowl I see to me I viewed him as like a fifth receiver who's a little bit gadgety you can do some of the do some of the uh, jet sweep stuff. Good kick returner. Like my comps, Khalif Raymond. His his speed and his yak ability are his most exciting traits. But just mm-hmm. like not really great at the catch point. Not a great route runner. Um, struggles with contested catches. And he, he goes one hundred ahead of Tyler Scott, who I just thought was yeah. a much more similar, like stylistically. But I thought Tyler Scott was just more a better field stretcher and more dynamic with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um. I, this and one, I, this one was a real shocker. Yeah, and now we're hearing murmurs about like Hunter Renfro might be out. And they, I mean, 
if if they move on from Hunter Renfro and Trey Tucker starting to slot that, I don't know. I just the receivers ended up stacking very strangely, and like Darius Davis, who we'll talk about in a sec, um, was like I think the next receiver <laughs> taken, who's a better kick returner but a worse wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and then it was Charlie Jones at one thirty one, who's a that, better receiver and kick returner. That would have been a better pick. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I thought this was uh, a pretty big reach. Yeah, it was a huge reach, and like just. Something I really didn't expect, but again, I, th- I think the whole league just committed to getting really goofy at the end of the third round. You got to appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Uh, top of the fourth, though, they did a good job. They took Maryland corner Jacorian Be- Jacorian Bennett, who fills a need, corner yeah. a big need for them that they kind of neglected uh, up until this point. He's a guy who can play nickel, can play outside, super explosive. Um, I like his feistiness too. I think good instincts and coverage. Um, can play like off man or zone. He's better in off coverage. Gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, I think I think he he could very well be starting by like week six. Yeah, I agree. I think Bennett's going to play a lot for this Raiders. <laughs> like if you look at their corner room, Nate Hobbs at nickel. I think he is their only like clear starter. It's probably gonna be like Duke Shelley. Yeah, like they brought back Brandon Foison. David Long? Like, you really, it's it's so up in the air. And, I mean, yeah, I think Bennett's going to be playing a lot early. And that's that, that that's, that's a really good pick. Really good pick, yeah. Uh, 135. They take Purdue's Aiden O'Connell, who, it, like, makes a lot of sense as Jimmy G's back. It mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense that Josh McDaniels would covet a quarterback like this who's rhythm pocket passer. Um, more accurate than he is athletic and isn't going to like do much out of structure. But when things are on time, he had his moments like Teddy Bridgewatery, not a great arm. Um, yeah. But like, again, when things are on time, he looked pretty good at, at times. Yeah. I still think it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a reach still, but the quarterback, look, look at how yeah. the quarterbacks went. When you look at it like that, it's, is it's it not, really? it's not a team that, you know, needs a guy that, you know, can be a, you know, that can, can yeah, be a like, backup and maybe something to develop. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, like Chase yeah. Garbers and Brian Hoyer, the other quarterbacks in the roster. Oh. They signed Hoyer after the draft. Um, so it's just Chase Garbers. And, like, Hayner and Stetson Bennett had just gone. Yeah, Clayton, Toon, DTR were, like, picked five picks after this. It was yeah. when they were going. If they waited any longer, they, they uh, would have missed on Sean Clifford anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so in that context, it's it's it makes a lot of sense, and like you said, the fit makes sense. The guy that just gets the ball out, um, it feels like an old Patriots backup, you know. So I think, yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, then my favorite pick of uh, day three that they made, uh, they took Christopher Smith in the fifth round at one seventy. Who, if Christopher Christopher Smith was either a little more athletic or a little bit bigger, I think he would have gone much higher. I think he's a better football player than he is, mm-hmm. like. An athlete, athlete or yeah. looking good in underpants. Just unbelievable instincts. Runs yeah. the alley like a psychopath. Fearless. Yeah. Awesome take on skills. He's so smart. He, he was George's quarterback of, all, uh, of those great defenses. Um, goes to a team, though, that very clearly doesn't have starting safeties. Like, they, they brought in Marcus Epps. They paid him decently. And, and he's going to start at one spot, but, like, Trevon Moorig's been very, uh, like, not bad, but just irrelevant, it almost feels like. Yeah. Like, more meh than good. 
Um, so he goes to a team where I think he's he's got a chance to potentially do something in a couple of years. I agree. It feels like both of the DB picks they made, like Bennett sooner, but I think both could end up starters uh, not in not too long. Uh, and then in the sixth round, they stick in the SEC. They take Florida linebacker Amari Bernie. Linebackers are another need for them. Like this, this line back seven's awful on paper. Like they were starting Luke Masterson, undrafted rookie mm-hmm. at Awake last year. They brought in Robert um, Spillane, baby. Yeah, <laughs> gonna miss him. Um, Divine Diablo looks well, like penciled in as a starter. Yeah, and I think Robert Spillane. It's it's between him and Masterson. There's a huge need at linebacker for this team. Uh, and, and Bernie's a guy who's a former safety, and it, it shows in his movement skills. A little undersized, but I think he's an interesting football player. Super high character guy too. Like the range, um, just needs to kind of clean up uh, his his take on skills and improve his uh, his key reading. Their day three darts made a lot of sense, you know. They it's did. all guys that could end up like. Aiden O'Connell could end up a starter, like not that, not one that you know you're you're building your franchise around, but like would it shock you? No, all of these guys, and including the last pick at two thirty one, Nessa Jade Silvera, our guy, um, like <laughs> with the positions of needs and like the value made sense for all of these guys. Well, I guess O'Connell's reach, but it made sense in terms of where the quarterbacks were going in the draft. Like, it's all guys that they brought in that could end up playing snaps for them, which As, is yeah, this year. Which is pretty good. I mean, it's but bad. I think it's, that's bad. But it's, it's bad for your team, but it's good for a draft. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh-huh. that's a Jade Silvera, the bull in a china shop, baby. Yeah. I, the the twitched up king who only knows how to bull rush and yeah. like, can walk you back into the quarterback but won't get off your block. I love him. His leverage, his explosiveness, <laughs> he's so fun. Eddie Vanderdoe's 2.0, love baby. It. Love it. Love it. Best pick. I actually, I actually thought they had the best draft. Like, as strange as some of their picks were, you're right. I think they did a good job collecting at guys on day three who yeah. are going to be key depth players in the short term. Uh, I think they got two guys with their first two picks who the value was there and the fit was great. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the, what they did in the third round that really kind of brought this draft down. Yeah, it was just kind of surprising. It was at positions where I like. I needs. guess when I look, it needs and yeah. just weaker position to draft. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, they, they kind of just, I guess we're in a tight spot with that. I don't know. Yeah. I think the Trey Tucker pick's worse than the Byron Young pick by a mile. Though. I do too. Just, just, just this, like, both in terms of the prospect and just, like, if again, if you look at the next three tech take, and it was so far along. And, like, I agree with you with Young, where, like, I don't think he's going to be a guy that get you know, fizzles out of the league. I think he could become a really solid depth player. Where Tucker, I can see him just not materializing, you know? Yeah. Um, I gave them a B plus. I was kind of split between a B and a B plus. So I'll, I'll come up with a B plus here. This, uh, coming off the NFC South, going to the AFC West, neither, like, horrific, neither amazing. Yeah, agreed. It's all Bs um, for me, so. But the LA Chargers, they just drafted players from TCU, so that's an A plus for you. And they started they, they kicked the party off taking a wide receiver, TCU receiver, Quentin Johnston at twenty one, the second receiver off the board after JSN. Um back to back. To back makes, to back. <laughs> makes sense that they would covet a player with the size 
explosiveness of Johnston, just given mm-hmm. the, how much they like Mike Williams. And um, I, I do think he kind of adds a different flavor to them, though. With the yak game? Yeah. The, like, Mike Williams is that big contested Down, catch yeah. guy, and Quentin Johnston really isn't necessarily that. Like, you wish he was, but he isn't. Yeah. And Keenan Allen's this great route runner. And although they're all, like, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, six, <laughs> um, they're all they're they all do it kind of differently and I, I think that is interesting and the that yak on top of the fact that if you can kind of h- help him improve those uh his ball skills to the point he can be more impactful as a ball winner i think it's an awesome fit but at minimum like he's still you see it on tape the ability to separate yeah. and track the ball quite well at times and flash the body control it's just the winning of the contested catch. The, the finishing. As as you want. Yeah. But, like, I think it's a good fit. Me I, too. I, it's a, like, the receivers are going to go there, and this is the one they like. Like, it's not – even though I had him a little bit later, he's my wide receiver four, I understand it. Yeah, I like I like the Quentin Johnson pick. I think it's fun as hell. I think above all, it's, it's extremely fun. Just, like, like I said, getting all these taller receivers. And this is – you know, Quentin Johnson has more of, like, the – you know, route running chops for a guy that's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", too, right? Like, so, like, if that can develop a bit, um, that's really interesting. But, yeah, like, just the yak ability is is so intriguing. It's a lot of fun with, this, you know, Mike Williams, the true, like, big body, go go and get it receiver, and Keenan Allen, the, the route running master, and then having the, the, the yak guy. Um, it, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call the pick boomer bust, but it has a little bit of that to it. You know, I think Quentin Johnson's a little bit. But um, I like I like the 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 pick here a lot. I think like especially where, where the receivers went, you know they were right back. You know not just the first round, but the whole the whole class. They had to come away with one. They came away with two, but both from the same school. But I, I like that a lot compared to where other teams got the receivers. I think this made a lot of sense, and I like the fit. In the second round, um, they took USC's Tulitui Pelotu, uh, who's a bit of a tweener edge. Mm-hmm interior guy i he, he lost the weight he's probably gonna be playing edge i think they did need a third edge he went a little earlier than i expected him to go but not to say i was surprised he he goes ended up top 60 yeah given the production and i just thought he was a much more interesting player if he was 285 playing inside than he is 260 playing on the edge yeah, me too um, I think he uses his hands well, plays with good leverage, plays really hard, sets a, sets a strong edge. You can move him around a little bit. And I think as your third rusher with Bosa and Mack, like, you're going to have some fun there. Brandon Staley's going to maybe get all three of them on the field together as long as the other two are healthy. Um, they need to improve their run D. They need more dogs in that rotation. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I don't love it either. And it, it felt like they needed a guy that can kind of be a bit of a tweener, like, you know, inside-outside. But, like, I don't know if Thule's even that anymore, right? And I think I think this picks me very dependent on what their plan is for him, you know? I, I, I think the range is fine. I think the, you know, the, the position makes a lot of sense, too. They, they needed it, like you just said. But seeing his, his specific plan, is I think it's going to be just... I mean, you can say that about every pick, but I just like seeing exactly where he fits into this defense. I think is gonna be most important uh, to really like to gauge how we feel with this pick. Um, and I, I think like if you wanted to go interior, Zach Pickens was the next guy taken. Mm-hmm. 
And if you wanted to go with it uh, uh, in link, and then after that it was Byron Young, and that's when the yeah. drop off really happened. And the next edge taken though was Zach Harrison, right? Like, yeah. So that makes sense. That you know. Yeah, like it's not really a reach when you give it that context. It's just an interesting. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they it, deploy him. Yeah, exactly, and it also kind of feels boomer bust too. Um, in the third round at 85, they stay in the Pac-12. They take Dayon Henley, the linebacker from Washington State, who I think is a great fit. Kenneth yeah. Murray was not really working out for them. <laughs> no. They lost Drew Tranquil in free agency. Um, they they sign Eric Kendricks, and I think pairing Henley and Kendricks is pretty interesting. I like Henley is such a downhill, fly all over the field, run and chase linebacker. Love the range. Um, former safety, former yeah. receiver, like I think you could get a, a, make a ton of tackles and be a, a pretty key piece for them. Me too. I think it's a great fit. Uh, like he said, obviously a need, uh, good value here. I, I had him. I don't know, like in the fifties or sixties. Uh, so really good value here. And I, yeah, I think that's. I think pound for pound, I think probably the best of the three picks they made in the top one hundred. Um, he's also wearing number zero. So yeah. how much of a bump does oh. that give? I would have said my last sentence without knowing he wore number zero. Like that's that's a huge bump. Not that I think he he's going to like compete for defensive rookie of the year or anything, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally surprised if he's an all rookie guy by the end. Of the yeah, game. no, me neither. Because I think like uh, the linebackers went in pretty good spots, but I think he kind of like it makes the most sense with Hanley. Mm-hmm. In the fourth round at 125, they just rotate between Pac-12 and TCU. They go back to TCU. They get Darius Davis, who gives them one of the best return men in the draft, which was a need. Yeah. Um, he's the kind of undersized deep threat type of player who has shown ability after the catch, obviously, with that return man ability. I think, like, it's like two rounds earlier than I expected him to go. <laughs> I think they just really wanted someone who could stretch the field and return, you know, like he's like yeah. I don't know. They, a, they have he, a weird receiver room now. Like they, they have do. they're adding Quentin Johnson and, and Darius Davis to a room that had obviously Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, former top uh one hundred pick Josh Palmer, who Jalen Guyton, yeah. who's played some major football for them. Yeah. Um but, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Darius Davis is going to make this roster because he's of that return man ability. And if they could use him as that, like, Isaiah McKenzie-esque yeah. fifth receiver who gets involved as a gadget player every once in a while, like, that that's great. I mean, the fourth round, if he becomes a high-end return man, I think that that's a win for them with what they were doing here. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But, like, still Tyler Scott was on the board, you know? like No, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm almost but not even right. thinking about him in terms of being a receiver. I'm thinking about him in terms of they were drafting a return man with this pick, clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and it's also the fact that they already acquired the actual receiver in this draft that they're yeah. going to play at receiver makes it feel less bad. Well, and they're building the team up for Max Duggan. And, yeah, they can all live together, which that's fun. Uh, in the fifth round at 156... They took Clemson's Jordan McFadden, who to me felt very similar 
to when they took Jamari Salyer last year. It's going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting a, a guy who started at left tackle for a college football power for multiple years was a key piece. Lacks length. Going to move inside to guard. Yeah. Um, I think McFadden's a really interesting interior swing guy for them. They're they're obviously moving Slayer into guard now that Rashawn Slayer's healthy. I, mm-hmm. I think McFadden's a guy who I really liked. I loved what he could yeah. do on the move. Super explosive. Has that versatility. That really good footwork and in balance. Um, basically, he's just undersized. So I, I think it's the swing guard. Like that's a good pick. It is a really good pick. And like. Look, as awful as it is to say, it's the Chargers. You know he'll end up having to come in at some point of the season, right? Like Because they just have no fucking luck. And I think, like you said, just an interior swing dude who has experience at tackle. I don't think he's going to end up playing there at all. But, yeah, I think I think at 156, I, I had him like right here. I, I think that's a great pick, and the, the fit makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah, he just felt this pick feels so much like the Jamari Salier pick. And then uh, with the next pick... Uh, in the sixth round, 200, they take Boise State's Scott Matlock, who was a big riser late in the process. Good good uh, athletic testing. Good. I think he was at the NFL PA Bowl, and he was like the best player there. Um, explosive first step. Plays good leverage. Uh, power rusher. Not more of a natural, like, five-tech, who plays a three-tech. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to Morgan Fox, who they have on the roster, obviously. Um, I think that's good good depth there at 200 it's supposed to go top 100 yeah no it's it's a good pick uh, and then finally their best pick they take tcu quarterback max duggan 239 uh add, add him to the room with herbert and easton stick just three complete alphas <laughs> that man that 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 room that quarterback room has some like Duggan's the only one who played in a college football national championship, won the Davy O'Brien Award, won the Johnny Unitas Award. Well, so hold you, on, you got that. What Stick never went to the Natty. Well, so Stick is an FCS national champion. Yeah, I was four times. It's exactly what are you talking no, no, about? No, 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 no. Sorry, I, I was trying to get my point across. Like this might be the most collegiately successful oh, quarterback yeah. room because Herbert holds all the Oregon passing records. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He's no. actually the worst if you think of it in terms of college success. Didn't he well, only win? Did he even? He won a Rose Bowl. Did, I probably choked. Um, but think, think of all like look, the two LA starting quarterbacks, college choke artists, big Just prospects. Saying, he did win the Rose Bowl. I wasn't asking. Okay, was he won the Rose Bowl. No, he choked. I remember that game. He choked. It wasn't him. Um, I remember the sunset. You know, Matt Stafford couldn't get it done, right? But behind them, Stetson, elite. Brett Rippon, elite. And then you got two, uh, you know, like Caleb Williams. It's just a, it's a great college quarterback town. Um, Duggan can be their taste. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he is not a draftable quarterback. I need he's to a good know, athlete, and he seems like a good guy. I would love to know, like, how does Quentin Johnson feel about this? Do you think he's pumped? Or do you feel like, fuck, uh, I don't want to catch balls from him in practice again. I think he's just like, I don't have to catch. Darius Davis is going to have to catch balls from him <laughs> in practice. I don't have it. Uh, I've never seen a quarterback be more constantly injured in a, in a game but never come off the field of Max Duggan. Yeah, he's a, he's a heart of a champion. I, I almost ended the show and realized that we didn't grade the Chargers yet. <laughs> which, you which, them? Uh, I was kind of split between a B and a B plus. I'll I'm going to give them a B. Okay, I'll come. I'll, I'll match. I'll come down to a B. It's a it's a B out of the West. Gosh, I can't wait to get to the NFC West because that to me that back to back like 
kind of meh meh divisions, but ending with the NFC West where we got not only do we have the Seahawks two home runs in the first round, we got Jake Moody. 